0: Hello, the series you're about to hear on the GBM Media Podcast is from the Serving Today archive. It's called Moses, Lessons on Leadership. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for leaders in the Church of God. I'm Andrew Cook and I'm glad you could join us again. Lessons on Leadership from the Life of Moses And we find out about one of the great missionaries to Africa. Here on Serving Today, our aim is to support those with leadership responsibilities in their churches. A lot of what we deal with on this programme is to provide help with preaching from different parts of the scriptures. But over the next few programmes, we're going to focus on some lessons for leaders as we look at the life of Moses. For this, we're pleased to be joined by a new guest whose name is Howard Sayers. I asked him to introduce himself to us.
1: I'm pastor of a small church in south of England, down near the south coast. been there for 20 or so years. And I'm looking forward to bringing some thoughts to you on the life of Moses at this time.
0: Yes, so we're going to be studying the life of Moses. Could you tell us the kind of thing that we're going to learn from this?
1: Yes, what I want to draw from the life of Moses with you are lessons for preachers, lessons for teachers of God's word. We all of us have responsibilities in our churches. Different responsibilities require different qualities and qualifications. We need to know how to use those positions. So my desire is to draw a number of lessons about leadership from the life story of Moses and we will be basing our studies in the summary given in Acts chapter 7 verses 19 to 41.
0: To start with, can you give us an overview of Moses' life?
1: Yes, Moses was born in Egypt some 300 years after the death of Joseph. The Pharaoh at the time was an evil man and he hated the Israelites, the descendants of Abraham. And he sought to destroy all the baby boys that had been born, the people were in slavery and so it was a very difficult time for this young child as he grew up. Moses' life falls into three periods, each coming to a climax before moving on to the next and his life lasted for just 120 years and it can be divided into three equal periods of 40 years. He spent 40 years in Egypt And that period ended in murder and flight. That was followed by 40 years in Midian, a period which ended at the incident of the burning bush. And then finally, his last 40 years in leadership ended in his death on the borders of the Promised Land.
0: So Howard, starting then with the first 40-year period, how would you entitle this time in Moses' life?
1: This first 40 years of Moses' life were years of training and preparation. They were the years of his childhood, youth and early manhood. And we can note a number of things about this man who God had chosen to lead his people. And this formative part of his life is very important. I wonder whether, Andrew, you could perhaps read Acts chapter 7, verses 20 through 22, to introduce us.
0: At that time, Moses was born and he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Well the first thing we can learn from the very early days of Moses' life was that he was God's chosen man and I am reminded of the prophet Jeremiah of whom God said Before I formed you in the womb I knew you Before you were born I sanctified you I ordained you a prophet to the nations and the same was true of Moses and what can you
0: say about Moses at this point in his life?
1: We can observe that Moses was very positively a healthy, good-looking child in God's sight. He was a clever young man, up and coming in the world, very patriotic and zealous. He was also genuine and sincere by nature, although he could at times have been short-tempered and very impetuous, and it was that short-tempered part of his character that would eventually lead to his downfall.
0: So how does we consider this first heading, Moses was God's chosen man from the beginning of his life? What lessons are there for us
1: under this? Just two lessons, Andrew, at this point. In summary, God's man was suitable for God's work though he was not immediately recognised by others. And secondly, that in the very best of men, there is usually a flaw. None of us are perfect.
0: Thank you, Howard. Now, that was the first point. What's the second thing that we can note about Moses' first 40 years of his life?
1: It's remarkable, Andrew, how God took care of Moses. From his very birth, Moses' life was in danger. But God was watching over him and preserving him. Because of the situation in Egypt, he was in danger even in his home from murderers who were out to destroy the young Hebrew baby boys. His mother took him as a baby and he was in danger on the river. That would of course be the great river Nile from the natural dangers that lurked as he was hidden in a basket of bulrushes. He was in danger because he had no one to care for him when he was taken from the river. And you can read this wonderful story in Exodus chapter 2. But then, having been taken from the river, he grew up in Pharaoh's palace. And Pharaoh, as we have just noticed, was very antagonistic towards the Hebrews. There would have been evil influences in the palace. Pharaoh and his men were godless. They had no time for the God of the Hebrews. They were clever and there was much that Moses would learn, but it was a dangerous environment.
0: So, Howard, as we come to the end of this first look at Moses' life, what can we learn from this second point that God took care of Moses?
1: We can surely learn, Andrew, that God's work must be done, and he will watch over and protect his men from their very birth, even in the most dangerous of situations. And there is a parallel here with the Apostle Paul. He was in Corinth in Acts chapter 18 and God was watching over him and God told him not to be anxious or concerned because he had a work for Paul to do in that city God had a work for Moses to do and as a young boy he was being prepared
0: thank you very much indeed Howard for that look at the couple of aspects of Moses first 40 years of his life thank you From time to time here on Serving Today, we look at the lives of people who've had a profound influence on the history of the church. Helping us with this is our good friend, Philip Grist. It's good to have you with us again. Tell us, Philip,
2: who we're going to consider this time. I'm going to consider this time one of the great missionaries to Africa of a bygone generation. His name was C.T. Studd and was always affectionately referred to as C.T. He served God for many years, his main work being in the heart of Africa, in the now-called Democratic Republic of Congo. His colleague, 30 years his junior, and later to become his son-in-law, wrote of C.T., his life is a sign to all succeeding generations that it is worthwhile to lose all this world can offer and stake everything on the world to come.
0: Could you give us some details about C.T. Studd's family
2: background? C.T.'s father was a wealthy tea planter in India. They settled ultimately in England. His father was converted under the preaching of D.L. Moody, the 19th century evangelist from America. By many, C.T. is best noted for his passion for cricket, at which he excelled. The game became his idol. Having been led to Christ by a visitor to his home, C.T. was later to backslide over a period of six years. And what brought about a change in his life? It was through a serious illness of one of his brothers, who hovered between life and death, and hearing Moody preach that he was brought back to the Lord. He wrote, How could I spend the best years of my life working for myself and the honours and pleasures of this world while thousands and thousands of souls are perishing? And that decided C.T. to go? Yes, C.T. first went to China. During the voyage, several were converted, including the captain of the ship. In China, he met and married his wife, Priscilla, Before they became engaged in 1887, he spent eight days praying and fasting. In 1900, they went to India, and he pastored an English-speaking church on the Nilgiri hills of South India. Here they stayed for six years. His ministry was greatly used, and included the conversion of his four daughters. What happened after his time in India? In 1910, Stud proceeded to Africa, having been challenged by a rather unusual advert he saw in the city of Liverpool. Cannibals want missionaries. The doctors advised the mission agency that CT wasn't fit to go to Africa. To the committee, Stud said, God has called me to go, and I will go. And so, for the next 20 years of his earthly life, he remained most of the time living a simple life in the heart of Africa. Sadly, his wife could not accompany him for serious health reasons, but she was completely supportive and with him in prayer.
0: Thank you to Philip Grist, and we'll hear next time how C.T. Studd's life and ministry developed during his years of service in Africa. Well, that's the end of another edition of Serving Today. We do hope that you've been encouraged by what you've heard. You can let us know what you think by contacting us at the address which follows in just a few moments. So, this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God bless and help you as you serve Christ. That was Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch, you can email us... The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk or find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. You can also search our back catalogue from our webpage www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.